We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Wajuk people of the Noongar Nation. We pay our respects to the elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people on the lands which Deepherd operates. Welcome back to the Grains Combo Podcast, brought to you by the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development in Western Australia. I'm Cindy Webster. And I'm Jeanette Pratt, and we are research scientists based in regional WA. These episodes shine a spotlight on the knowledge and tools developed by Deeper to grow the grains industry. In today's episode, I'm talking with DPIRD research scientist Sarah Collins and Georgie Troop about annual ryegrass toxicity and its impacts on grains industries in WA. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah and Georgie. Thanks. Hi. But before we dive in, Sarah, can you give me a bit of background on your role at the department? I am DPIRD's senior nematologist. Our group mainly does research in broadacre grains areas, but we do also do research in horticulture and we're available with our expertise also in the quarantine and the biosecurity spectrums. And what about you, Georgie? So I'm a research scientist at Deepherd. I lead the oat research sector. I've been doing that for around eight years now and I'm also a farmer in the central wheat belt site and I have a fair bit of experience in export aid production. Thank you both for that. Sarah, let's start with you. For a bit of a context for our listeners, what exactly is a nematode? Nematodes are generally microscopic and they're actually translucent roundworms and they're found in all aspects of life on the planet. Most people don't know anything about them. They're really important for soil biological function and organic matter breakdown. And there's all sorts of nematodes in our soil. They're like fungal feeders, bacterial feeders, omnivores, and lots of others. We mainly in agriculture think about nematodes in the aspects of how they impact our cropping. And these are the plant parasites. And these ones mainly feed on plant roots and cause significant damage to to our crops when the populations get high. In WA, the main plant parasitic nematodes that we deal with are root lesion nematode, root knot nematodes, a big impact in our horticultural spectrums, and also in in, um, broadacre we look at cereal cyst nematode. Now, the nematode that we're talking about today uh, as part of ARGT is also a plant parasite, but it's one that is called a seed gall nematode, and it infects the seed heads of... um, Ryegrass. Sarah, before we hear from Georgie, what do we know of the research in the ARGT space and advice for growers? Annual ryegrass toxicity issues were first identified in WA in the late 1960s. And up until the early 2000s, excellent research was conducted both in WA and in South Australia, which are the two areas that mainly have had issues with ARGT. Extensive surveys were conducted. Uh, Really good management options were developed and these included resistant ryegrass options for growers. Uh, There was ryegrass resistant uh, reduction programs. There was development of a fungi, which is unfortunately no longer available. And they also developed really good diagnostic options. The thing is, since then, we've had that real generational change aspect happen. So those original researchers that were around 
that did the research up until the early 2000s. They really did a lot of extensive consultation with growers and really good management programs and testing were all put into place. But now we've got a lot of those researchers are either retired or near retirement. Our growers who originally had all that learning are also, you know, it's a long it's about 20 years since that real peak of activity occurred. Some of those growers have now at generational change stage where maybe the next generation isn't as aware of the problem. And we've had a, a number of seasons that are really conducive. So adding that to distribution has increased. So there's things that have happened that um, mean that ARGT has been left alone, but maybe it's time to have another look. Sarah, how does ryegrass toxicity occur? This is actually a really complex three-part story. So with ARGT, it's actually a result from the consumption of toxins that are produced by a bacteria, which is in the seed heads of annual ryegrass. And this has caused significant causes uh, issues with death in livestock in Western Australia and South Australia. So first of all, we have the nematode. This is a nematode that breaks its dormancy after the opening rains and after it's broken the dormancy it moves on the water film towards the growing tip of the plant and as the as the ryegrass develops they actually uh, get into the embryo of the seed head and they take over that embryo and form a gall the dormancy breakage for this nematode can go on for a three-month period so it means that even late germinating, germinating ryegrass uh, can be, get infested. So that's the nematode. Then we have the bacteria. So it's a, the bacteria causes the toxin that impacts the animals. And it's a bacteria actually kind of sits on the back of the nematode, if you know what I mean, and actually travels with the nematode up into the feeding site in the flower head. Now, the bacteria won't get there on its own. So it has to have both need to occur in the paddock. So then, of course, we have the third aspect of annual ryegrass toxicity and that that's the grass needs to be present in the paddock. So these nematodes feed almost exclusively on ryegrass and um, so the, the ryegrass in the paddock and also the life cycle or the type of ryegrass um, in the paddock, whether it has early germination, whether it's a a taller variety or a shorter variety will also impact the nematode and how successful the nematode and the bacteria are. Thanks, Sarah. Now, Georgie, why is this a concern to those in the grain space? So ARGT, as its name suggests, it only occurs on ryegrass. And ryegrass is one of those major weeds on farms that all cropping growers want to control. So management of ryegrass, whether it's on fire rates or poorly established parts of the crop, um, or even in bushland areas, um, it's still really important for a cropping grower, not just one that's producing it to put hay or has livestock. Is there a reason in particular why it's especially problematic to those in the hay industry? So ARGT remains on the flower and the seed head of the ryegrass. When that's cut or baled, it still remains a problem. It still remains a toxin that's going to impact livestock. So you cannot sell something that has a toxin that's going to be you know, dangerous for livestock to feed on. So obviously, whether it's going to be for domestic hay or export hay, it's something that cannot be sold into the marketplace. Is there any management options for controlling nematodes to prevent ryegrass toxicity, Sarah? 
the nematodes, this kind, this it's actually a nematode called Anguina finesta, and it is a natural part of our ecosystem. So management practices have been developed are more around the reduction of ryegrass in a paddock rather than the um, trying to get rid of the the um, nematode itself. Georgie, can you explain to us why the ryegrass plant is becoming more prevalent? Yeah, so if you keep trying to kill something, it's going to find a way to come back, and that's what we're finding with weeds. So whether you're trying to kill it with a herbicide or whether you're trying physical means, so typically cutting hay was a great way of removing weed burden from a paddock was you could actually bale ryegrass. Whereas now what you see is if you keep targeting something the same way, it's going to evolve different mechanisms and ways of avoiding getting killed. Um, so it's shifting its maturity, it's changing its germination date and season, so it's trying to avoid that pre-emergent and knock-down herbicides and it's also maybe shortening up its growing season so that it's already produced flower and an, and a viable seed before it may have been cut for hay. And Georgie, why is ARGT becoming more of an issue? So I don't think it's becoming more of an issue. It's just something that you may get new hay growers to an area. So someone that previously, you know, they might have bought a small property and decided it's a good idea to grow some hay, grow some hay, and then suddenly they're having some pretty nasty side effects from ARGT. So whereas the established export fodder grower, they know what to keep an eye out for. They certainly effectively managing ryegrass on their farm. Yeah, whereas it's more likely to be someone new to the hay game that runs into trouble and maybe sells that hay on and then it becomes a bigger issue. And what are some of the things that growers should keep in mind or do if they find it? So preferably they won't find it and then have to deal with it. So the best thing they can do is that anyone growing fodder, whether it's for domestic or export use, um, they're going to get it tested. So you can get your fodder tested for ARGT and that will give you a level of risk that that hay poses and that's really important to know and that anyone buying hay should be able to request that ARGT sample analysis result and also have a declaration from the grower. And Georgie, what do growers need to do to control ryegrass toxicity? It's just, as Sarah said, it's just about controlling ryegrass. So once you have ARGT, there's nothing you can do immediately to resolve the problem. You need to be proactive and manage ryegrass on farm. Sarah, what environmental conditions increase the likelihood of ARGT? So conducive conditions for the nematode and the um, ryegrass are often the short wet seasons, but this can also be a season that you get rainfall at the times during the season where the nematode is able to travel into the growing point. So some of the things that have been changing over the last couple of decades are our management practices within farming systems, which means that the ryegrasses that have developed over that time may be more suitable for the nematode to travel into the flower head of the ryegrass and our seasons have been changing. So some of the aspects of the relationship with the, the ryegrass, the nematode and the bacteria have changed over time. Sarah, is there anything you'd like to add or mention on ARGT before I let you go? Yeah, ARGT is something that uh, it's really important that 
our growers have an awareness of. And some of the things that are changing about our management systems may also be changing how ARGT infested crops can occur. Regen agriculture is an example of that, where regenerative agriculture, the weed issues are handled differently, and this may be changing some aspects of their farming system. So it's important to us to remain aware, and this might be a time for us to look at more research into this area. Georgie, what about you? So I think it's really important that growers are aware that not having ARGT in your fodder this year doesn't mean that you won't have it next year. So ARGT testing is something that needs to be done every year and you need to have a good sampling regime. You can find details on the DPIRD website if you search ARGT testing and you need to be consistent and aware. Sarah and Georgie, thank you very much for coming on the Grains Convo podcast and highlighting your work and insights into ryegrass nematodes and the impact on the broadacre space. No worries. Thanks. Thank you. More information on this topic can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode, you can download and subscribe to Grains Convo on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll be back on the 1st and 15th of every month with a new episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.